and entitled Karen tries to steal my car I use for work. As she jumps in the driver's seat, frantically trying to start it and make a getaway. But I stop her right in time and drag her out of my car. And as a result, she threatens to call the police and have me arrested. Here's what happened. So for a bit of context, I work in pest control and it's a pretty fun job. I get to meet lots of people every day and I see a variety of entitled people as well. People glad to see me and sometimes people jumping with happiness, shouting for joy that the pest control guy has finally arrived. So for the most part, it's a pretty good gig. So you'll be just as surprised as I was that this story isn't about that. I had just completed a good day's work, two rat jobs, two bed bug jobs, and four jobs involving hornets. I then realize it's only two in the afternoon when I get off half past four. I head back to the office and think about all the fun paperwork I can do to ease out this month's paycheck. We usually get five to 10% commission on all the jobs that we do that's over $400. I park my car and start reaching for my pocket to lock the car when suddenly I hear a child yelling, I want that one. I look to see the kid running over with her Karen looking mom right behind her. The mom keeps her distance, but the kid is really interested in the car. It's a brand new VW Caddy Maxi, so I understand her fully. I go up to the kid and start talking to her about the car. I started talking to her about what I do for a living and giving her the same speech I give all curious kids who come along. She, of course, doesn't pay any attention to me and manages to open the passenger side of my door. I carefully close the door so I don't get her fingers in there by accident, and I tell her that's not okay, all the way up until I feel a hand on my shoulder. It's the entitled Karen of this story. She looks at me and says, How dare you not let my kid get in the car? You're clearly done with it, and now it's our turn to use it. I looked at this entitled Karen, and I was just stunned, until I remembered that our office is neighbors with a car rental company. I look at her and I say, Oh, no, ma'am. As you can see, this car has company logos on it. We are neighbors of the car rental place. And I said this up until she started interrupting me, as she screamed at me in my face. This is outrageous. I demand to talk to your boss. You can't just refuse a customer. And she says this in a snarky tone, getting so close to me that I can smell the free coffee of the rental place on her breath. I calmly say, listen, this is property of the company I work for, not the rental place you're trying to get a car. And as you can see, if you compare the logo above the door you just walked out of, the logo on my car and the logo on my clothes all match. And that's when this entitled Karen starts acting in a way that really was unexpected, as she begins to accuse me of lying and demanding that I hand the car over. So without even double checking, she frowns and says, you are lying. I demand to get your manager right now. And at this point, I was fed up. So I said, okay. And I went in to grab the boss of the rental place. So we have had lunch several times before, and I have even sold him some stuff off the clock. But when I reach him and we finally make our way out to the car, I see this entitled Karen is in my driver's seat, and the little kid is trying to jump in the passenger seat. I reach for my pocket looking for the keys, but I realize they are in the van. So I run up to the car, and luckily for me, the stupid entitled Karen doesn't know that on newer cars, you don't need to put the key in the ignition. She starts to search around the car, desperately trying to figure out where to put the keys in. So I end up having to forcefully drag her out of my car when she does the typical drama thing and goes completely limp as to make it seem like I'm using way too much force and hurting her, which I wasn't and didn't in the slightest. As soon as I get her out of the car, she starts screaming and crying on the ground, yelling that I apparently had broken her arm. The boss of the rental place comes around to our side and starts shouting at this entitled Karen, telling her that this is why she was kicked out of his store in the first place. You can't just steal someone 
someone's car. Suddenly, this entitled Karen amazingly jolts back to her normal self and starts screaming that she's going to call the police. And when she said that, we both busted up laughing and signaled up to the camera that's pointing square on that piece of the parking lot. Completely defeated, she stood up, grabbed her kid, and muttered away, all while the little kid was crying that she didn't get a chance to go in my car. The audacity of this Karen to jump into this guy's car and assume that she could just drive off with it is seriously unhinged. Like, what on earth was she seriously thinking? I'm honestly surprised that the police weren't called in this situation, but maybe there's a cultural difference here that I'm not aware of in Sweden. If you have any insight in that regard, let us know in the comments section. I'd love to hear about it. But that is honestly an insane situation to be stuck in, and thankfully the entitled Karen didn't know how to start that car, because otherwise she probably would have been out of there with that car much faster than they would have had a chance to try and stop her. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My entitled co-worker is constantly complaining about his hours, as well as the heavy lifting our job entails, and it's honestly all very obnoxious. So for the sake of anonymity, I'm going to keep things vague for obvious reasons. I work for a company that produces specialty products for customers. It's basic, mind-numbing, and it's process work. Although easy, it entails quite a bit of heavyish lifting. It's fast-paced, and it's constant for the entire shift. Depending on how exactly you're doing, shifts can be anywhere from 8 to 12 hours long. Anyways, a new employee starts a while back on a casual on-call basis. Being winter, and with COVID still rampant in our country, we had people calling out frequently. So this new person, who I will refer to as newbie, got called in quite a lot to start off with. Our staff, as people usually do, became well again and started returning to work, meaning that the newbie started picking up less shifts. Well, this didn't sit well with the newbie, so for a bit of clarity, I myself am middle-aged, and the newbie, if I had to guess, would easily be 10 years my senior, give or take. So the newbie's floodgates open up, beginning with them saying, why aren't I working every day now? When I started, I was getting shifts every day, and now I'm barely getting three a week. It's not fair. You can't start me working every day, and then just stop giving me shifts to suit you. And clearly, someone doesn't understand what on-call means, but they still badger the supervisors enough to be passed down from sector to sector, just so they would gain some more shifts. The newbie hadn't worked in my sector to begin with. One of our colleagues was offered a position with a different company that came with a significant pay increase, and they naturally leapt at the chance. Now that they left, we were down one, and with a newbie huffing and puffing about wanting more shifts, we had the unfortunate privilege of making newbie's acquaintance for a large order for an important client. During production of that order, our sector had quite a few technical issues, so production was on the slow side. Newbie assumed our sector was always like this, basically thinking that it was more on the laid-back side. So with this idea firmly implanted into Newbie's mind, the moaning and badgering began anew. I want to stay in this sector all the time. I like it better here. I don't feel comfortable with the people in the other sectors. I'm a good worker. I want to stay here all the time. Every time a supervisor crossed paths with a newbie, this is the badgering they'd be assaulted with. After being told multiple times that my sector doesn't run all the time, newbie became disgruntled with the demand not being met and simply went missing in action for over a month. He didn't show up for rostered shifts after all the begging and pleading for more work. He did not respond to calls, text messages, or emails. Well, two weeks ago, newbie decides to grace us with his presence yet again. He feeds a sob story to the supervisors, begs for another chance, and somehow manages to get another chance. And yep, you probably guessed it, he was back in my sector. He still believed that my sector was a 
a breeze, and that misconception was not dispelled upon his return, as we had a major breakdown lasting for three days, as we managed to stay busy with small tasks and other random busy work. But pretty soon, the demand started immediately. I want to stay in this sector all the time. It's so much easier on me here. I can't do the long shifts at the other sector. The extra hour there makes my feet hurt, and I can't do the longer shift at the other sector because they go even longer there, and it makes me feel tired. He then started claiming that his age should be in consideration. He stated, I'm older than most people here, and I can't just do the longer shifts. It's not fair to make someone my age work these long hours. Now keep in mind, upon interviewing for a position within this company, it was clearly explained that it was mostly long hours, and you would be on an on-call basis, should they choose to accept the newbie. The sporadic shifts and hours were not just sprung upon the newbie. The terms of employment were very clear. Nonetheless, the demands and complaints continued. After the three-day breakdown, my sector was back to full speed, and all hands were on deck. The newbie was not prepared for the reality of the job that we do, as well as the pace in which we had to do it, and the fact that although simple, our sector works very hard. We each have an assigned task, and that's the task that we do. Simple enough concept, right? But no, not for the newbie. The newbie quickly became frustrated that they didn't have the task that they wanted, and this is when the temper tantrum started to really shine through. I don't want to do this task. The person next to my station is irritating me. That other person is putting me off my game, and I can't do my task right because of it. The newbie accosted another supervisor about working in my sector all the time. This particular supervisor doesn't play games, and factually stated, you are on an on-call basis. That means that you work where you are needed. And then they just continued on their way. Well, the newbie was rather disgruntled with that response, and proceeded to moan and groan about the supervisor to the entire sector. That was just incredibly rude. What an arrogant jerk. I'm so much older than the supervisor. Who does he think he is to speak to me in that manner? With a variety of other colorful words thrown in there in the mix, if you know what I mean. After five days of hard manual labor, the newbie is sore, tired, and has threatened to quit for the past three days, and has now decided that spending their shift, doing their assigned task, is also not fair. So everyone in the sector should be taught how to do every task, and we should all rotate like they do in other sectors. As a note, my sector has always worked this way, but according to the newbie, this just isn't fair. So our whole sector needs to change our methods to accommodate an on-call casual employee. I cannot fathom the level of entitlement. If you apply for a position that is on-call basis, then the employment is just that. It is on-call. You're not going to work the hours that you want in the sector that you want. When you apply for a job that involves long shifts, heavy lifting, and keeping pace, that's what you get. Don't complain about being older than others, just so you can try and get some kind of special consideration. We have employees far older than the newbie who accepted the job, and they don't complain about doing this said job. Finally, don't waltz into your brand new job and start making demands to try and change the way things have been done for at least 15 years. This honestly is just so ridiculous. Because this on-call employee and their behavior is absolutely atrocious. I mean, talk about leaving a horrible first impression. And I'm seriously surprised that the supervisors didn't stop this out early on. Because honestly, he was mostly just distracting the staff, and his attitude really just did not fit the company. Because it sounds like all the other people were there for the right reasons, they knew the kind of work that they were gonna have to do, and they were there to do the job. But this guy just did not get it in the slightest. So hopefully for the sake of that newbie, whatever job they decide to go to since they clearly don't want this job, hopefully they are able to keep up with it. Because based on what they've described, they clearly don't like physical labor and it sounds like they would be better
better off doing something a little bit more casual. My entitled friends throw a party on my birthday, completely taking over my plans to already throw a party myself and then have the audacity to try and charge admission to this party. So I got petty and I decided to get some revenge. Here's what happened. So for a bit of context, this happened in the late 80s when I was in college. I went to the University of Connecticut and in my sophomore year, I was assigned to a room in a quad. During the 80s, the school ran out of dorm rooms, so they converted study rooms into dorms. These were deemed quads, so four students room there at a time. My three roommates were all seniors and they were all getting ready to graduate. Since I was the owner of the room, three other friends approached me to be the fourth. That way we can guarantee the room for next year. I am pretty easygoing, so I just said yes. And this was a big mistake, since I find that I am not compatible with the others, and we constantly butted heads. For example, one of the roommates volunteered to bring their record player for the room, but then didn't allow me to play my records on it, because apparently it was the devil's music. For the record, I had Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, and other music in that genre. And no, this person was not religious, he was just being a jerk. The list of complaints honestly started gathering up, all the way up until it came to a head on my birthday. Weeks before my birthday, I informed my mates that I was throwing a party on my birthday, and I would like to have the party in the room. This was not unusual. There had been parties here before, thrown by one of the others, and this was my first request for the room. The others said fine, and I started to invite people. I planned on having about 10 people in total. A few days before my birthday, all three came to me to tell me that they were going to throw a huge party on my birthday. When I protested, they said my friends could come along as well, but the cover charge was $5. I pushed back, saying that I was buying my own supplies, so my friends shouldn't have to pay for anything. Thankfully, they agreed. Later, I find that they invited a lot of people, and I wasn't going to even see my friends, let alone celebrate with them. The night of the party, my roommates tell me to have my friends identify themselves so they don't get charged. And this is where I decided to get petty. I was really upset that these guys were doing this, so I went down to the ground floor of our dorm, and I told anyone coming to the party that if they are asked by the person taking money if they're coming to the party, that they need to say that they're my friend, and that way they won't be charged. Now, you can probably guess the rest. The party was a huge success. We're all having drinks, my roommates are all out of their money, and I'm having some sort of satisfaction. So I definitely made them regret scheduling that party on my birthday. The only bummer was that I really didn't get to hang out with my friends because it was way too crowded. But in the end, I got the last laugh, especially since they tried to ruin my party on my birthday. Yeah, your roommates really do sound like pieces of work. I mean, honestly, Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd is not even that bad. It's not the devil's music. I mean, come on. And not to mention the party itself. Like, you very clearly announced to them that you are throwing a party on your birthday, and you just want the room to yourself so you can do that. But instead, they decide to one-up you and basically hijack your birthday party and then charge admission. I mean, what is going on here? That's just so unfair. So I don't blame you for getting petty. These people were being weird, and seriously, they needed to be put in their place. So hopefully for the sake of this story, your next year at that school, you had some different roommates. Because based on what you described, these people really did not sound like they were a lot of fun. And hopefully your junior year was better than your sophomore year. My fiancé is incapable of communicating with me during disagreements, and I don't know what to do. My fiancé quite literally cannot communicate when we are in a disagreement. As soon as there's an air of slight tension between us, he turns into a stone statue. He just sits there staring off into space. He completely shuts down, like he's a robot or someone cut the power cord. It's one of the most bizarre and frustrating things I've ever experienced in my life. I'll try to initiate a discussion about, for example, 
the dishes not being done when they needed to be done. I'll wait until a chill, appropriate moment and bring up an issue from my perspective. And he just completely disconnects. Sometimes I give up and I just walk away. Sometimes I stay and just talk to myself while he just sits there. When I ask him what the heck is going on, why are you acting like this? He'll just squeak out the phrase, I don't know. But that's literally it. We can sit there for hours with the same thing going on. I can leave, give him space for several hours, and try to restart the discussion later, but the same thing happens. At first, this would just make me so mad. I would think to myself, the audacity of him. We're supposed to be partners. And he just checks out and refuses to be a partner. I think that he's being so rude, and it shouldn't be so hard for him to talk to someone he claims to love so much. If I can do it, why can't he? But then, eventually, I started to feel really bad for him. Obviously, this isn't healthy. Is something wrong? If so, what is it? What could have caused this kind of response? Am I being too harsh on him? I've spent years going over this again and again in my mind, and I just can't figure it out. I have no idea what could be causing this. I've tried backing off. I've tried giving him space in hopes that he will come out of his shell when he's ready, but he never does. He will just wake up the next day and act like the argument never happened. Nothing gets resolved, and the same issue occurs, rinse and repeat. As far as I know, his parents, both his mom and stepdad, are both loving and communicative towards each other, as well as their kids. His biological dad did pass away when he was a teenager, so I'm thinking maybe it stems from that somehow. He suppressed his emotions as a way of coping with the loss of his dad, and has been suppressing them ever since. Maybe that's what's going on. He also has trouble expressing emotions in general. So this is my main theory, and it kind of checks out, even though I'm not a doctor. He went to therapy but stopped after three months. When I asked why, he naturally couldn't provide any reason or explanation. All he said was that he didn't know. I honestly don't know what to do. We end up arguing about the same things over and over and over again because he can never work through our issues because he can't speak to me. By argue, I really just mean me talking to a brick wall. I just sit there, talk through things to myself, and then just go to bed. I thought I would be able to deal with this, but I really can't. When we aren't arguing, he's a great guy. He's upbeat, talkative, energetic. He's fun to be around, but we're supposed to be getting married in June, and I'm starting to panic. I've realized that by him not working through issues with me, that our issues never get resolved. And although I'm always able to move on, I'm actually making huge compromises each time we do that, because I'm forced to completely concede on whatever the issue is, because he cannot or will not be involved. What should I do? I can definitely see where you're coming from. I mean, he completely checks out anytime there's any kind of argument or any kind of backlash in any sort of way. I mean, you can't even talk to him about getting the dishes done, let alone having any other kind of conversation where there might be some kind of conflict involved. Just imagine how this is going to work when you get married and you try to discuss finances or try and discuss your mortgage or your future kids. I mean, that's just not fair to you in the slightest. Seriously, he is not being responsible when he's acting that way and it is just not a good excuse at this point in his life. You truly do deserve a lot better than this, especially when you're about to make him your future husband. Like, the way he's acting is just absolutely unfair. And it also makes me believe that maybe he's stonewalling you like this on purpose. Because clearly it works on you. You start to have an argument, he just sits there and says nothing, and then eventually you give up and go to bed. Like, clearly he doesn't have any accountability for his actions or anything else around him. This is his get-out-of-jail-free card, and it basically gets him off the hook of being held responsible for anything. So I think this is a massive red flag, and it's something you definitely need to address. Because getting married with this still going on is most likely going to cause problems in the future. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe,
subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.